Man Up. Brought to you by Construction Professionals. A program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to man up. Another year goes by, more beers, more smoke. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Also, please like us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. I am Joe Stopulus. And I am flying solo, unfortunately, today without Father Zach Kautsky. Uh, March Lent is a very, very busy time for Father Zach, so I'm flying solo today. But I'm going to be joined in studio by Maestro Joseph Gunta of the Des Moines Symphony Orchestra. Uh, he's been the head of the Des Moines Symphony for over 20 years, and he will be joining me today uh, in studio to have a, a conversation about listening to great music. Now, before we get to him in a break, uh, let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we ask that you continue to help us this Lent. Help us as we approach Holy Week, that we may grow closer to you every day, and that uh, our continued penances and fastings and almsgivings may grow us closer to you, and have us look more like you when we enter the Easter season. We ask this all in your name, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. In addition to it being Holy Week Eve, which I just made up, um, it is also the beginning of our Spring Carathon. This is the time of the year, we do it twice a year, where we come to you uh, and beg and plead for money. This is actually how I got my gig on Iowa Catholic Radio. I started by talking about the carathons. Uh, and so I am now asking you, our listeners, uh, today we start our launch of the carathon. You can call us today at 515-223-1150, 515-223-1150, uh, and support Iowa Catholic Radio in our mission here. Uh, I am actually, if you if you want to have, uh, I don't know if you call this entertainment or not, but I will be filling two hours of airtime tomorrow uh, to, on Tuesday the 20th from 4 to 6. So feel free to call in at that point and, and bug us. Uh, but we are have a very ambitious goal of $100,000 um, is our goal for the week. So we need as much support as we can get. I remember these these goals used to be 50 and 60 and 70. Now they're up to $100,000. Uh, and I think we can do it. It's an ambitious goal. Um, but the, the radio station is growing, and we need to continue uh, to support that mission. So 515-223-1150. Uh, we, again, are approaching Holy Week. Uh, this Sunday is Palm Sunday. Uh, and I know Father Zach and, and I both just encourage everyone to take this seriously, use this as an opportunity uh, for growth. Watch the Passion of the Christ. Go to church as many times as you can. Celebrate, especially the Triduum. Make sure as we get to Holy Week that you are— just embracing the church calendar uh, as much as possible. This is really the high point of the Catholic Church's liturgical calendar. So, you know, embrace it as much as you can. Uh, and again, the, the goal is to look more like Jesus come Easter time. And uh, the, the church has so many ways for us to do that. So we're going to head to a short break. Again, feel free to call 515-223-1150. When we return, Maestro Joseph Gunta will be with us. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting our show, Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. CPCustomHomes.com. My head. 
Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today from the Mercy Live Up Studios, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stopulus, uh, along with Father Zakowski, not in studio today, but we are joined today in studio by... Maestro Joseph Giunta. Uh, he is the director of the Des Moines Symphony for 28 years. In addition to that, he has conducted many other great orchestras around the world, including the Chicago Symphony and the London Philharmonic. He continues to pursue his lifelong goal of exposing as many people as possible to great classical music of all ages and all age levels, as he joins us today in studio to do just that. Maestro Gunta, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank it's you. It's Giunta, so. right? Junta. Junta. Right. All right. Um, so this is a, a an episode that Father Zach and I have been excited about having. Father Zach, unfortunately, cannot join us today in studio. Um, and we talk so often in our show about enjoying the good, the true, and the beautiful in the world and turning off the cell phone and turning off the junk and turning off the Netflix and enjoying good Art, good music, replacing it with things that actually satisfy the soul. So today, we want to have two episodes about helping people to understand how to listen to great music. And so, no one better in the Des Moines area than yourself. So thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So this is going to be part one of our two-part episode. Uh, and in this first episode, we're going to introduce our listeners to the world of classical music. And we'll also preview a little music from an upcoming concert that you guys are going to have uh, here at the end of March. And then in part two, we'll continue the conversation with more takeaways uh, on how people can start enjoying uh, the great art of music. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I, we have to define classical music or great music. Because I think when people hear classical music, there's a classical period, which is you know Mozart, early Beethoven, things like that. But I would imagine we're talking in a much broader sense of classical music. What would you define as great music, classical music? How would you define that? I usually, Joe, um, c- categorize it into commercial and non-commercial music, basically. That kind of makes sense to m- most people that are listening, I think, in that uh, commercial music is what we hear, the pop radio stations and Broadway music and so on, that's so much uh, iconic in our American culture. Um, that's the Rock and roll would be a part of that and so on. Uh, rap. Uh, but any th- that kind of music is written primarily not only inspired by our culture, our times, but also, you know, it's a big business, a recording business and performing business and so on. These are, these are, these are, this is music that was written to make some money. Mm -hmm. And there's no question about that. It's a big business. On the other hand, the non-commercial stuff, um, uh, we're doing a new piece next month by an American composer who lives in Chicago. And, um, you know, it'll, she'll be lucky to to make any money on yeah. this thing, I mean, so it's 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 a completely different form. It's usually music that will inspire you and be played time and time and time again. These classical music pieces are sort of time capsules and inspired by something that's happened in 1880 or 1950 mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be. And um, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. For example, the 20th century. Classical music, uh, 60, 65% of all music that was written in the 20th century, classical music, that is, what I call serious music, yep. um, was written inspired by wars and famine and death and so on. So, But that's that was the 20th century, mm-hmm. so that shouldn't surprise any of us about and, that. And reflect the culture at the time as well. Exactly. I, I, one of the things, and I'll tell you, over the course of two episodes, I'm sure I'll come back to this, as you the, the more you learn about classical music... It's also 
location and time. There's there's a story behind what came before it. And I think, and we'll get to Beethoven here in a bit, as people learn about the life of Beethoven and, and where music was when he started versus where it was when he ended, once you come to the richness of these stories of understanding how the, he changed, one, one person physically changed the scope of music for the history of music in one lifetime. It's just mind-blowing. And I think... As people understand the human stories behind this, that would also help them to, to get in as well. So when did you fall in love with music? Well, I was a very young. I was maybe eight or nine years old. I okay. uh, had an old phonograph uh, um, in our living room, and my dad had, you know, whatever the popular music of the day was, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, and so on. And we, uh, I played, can remember listening and playing those records. We also had a couple classical records. Of course, we lived near Philadelphia, so... Uh, the Philadelphia Orchestra was was on a lot in our house, and uh, I fell in love with it. I, as I told you off the air, that I um, uh, heard the Philadelphia Orchestra for the first time when I was nine years old. Can remember that they played the Beethoven Sixth Symphony, which is a wonderful travelogue uh, that Beethoven wrote about nature and mm-hmm. how um, his life was inspired by a walk in the brook and a storm and sheep. Uh, the flocking of the sheep and so on. For so, all I you mean, Fantasia fans out it, there, yeah. that was in the original it's, Disney it's, Fantasia. Terrific <laughs> piece, one of my favorite Beethoven symphonies. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I remember that vividly. And you know, Joe, it it doesn't. Everyone that's listening can uh, understand the powerful uh, images that music can can hold for us in the fact that whether we all have, whether it's a classical piece of music or a popular popular piece of music, we all have. Uh, a piece of music that will, we when we hear it, it takes us exactly back to the place in time, where we were, who we were with, how we felt, and and this is this is really powerful stuff. I've seen, I've seen, um, I've a graduate of Northwestern, have a lot of uh, friends that became doctors, studied at the Northwestern Med Center, and I remember when I was a student there, going to the south side of Chicago and watching the birth of um, children whose mothers were meth addicts, and the babies come out shaking, I mean literally shaking, and the, the, uh, the doctors would put on Beethoven or Mozart or Brahms, and after about two minutes, the shaking would subside. Wow. You know, it would relax them. Um, if anybody that's listening gets up in the morning and it's a cloudy day or there's something that's bothering them or something that's not right in their life, um, I would strongly suggest that they put on a recording of Yo-Yo Ma, the great cellist, playing one of the, a movement of one of the Bach unaccompanied cello suites, mm-hmm. and the day will become sunny. Mm-hmm. The day will become far better than they ever thought it would be. We don't know why that happens. But there's one thing that I do know that happens, that if anyone that's listening that comes to a Des Moines Symphony concert or goes to any classical music concert, that they will, I guarantee, regarding of what they, irregardless of what they hear, what piece they hear, they will feel better. They will feel better after that concert than they did coming in. It's, and it's kind of like church, yeah. Exactly. You know, whether you're whether you're whether you are a uh, 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 a devout Catholic or not, or whether you go you know a believer or not, you go you go somewhere to a beautiful cathedral or a beautiful church, and you go in feeling one way, and whether you believe what what's happening or not, when you leave, you feel better. Yeah. And that's that's just that's just the way it is. We don't know why. Some of us think we know why, yeah. but we don't. But but it's it's really amazing to me. So we talk a lot about again with turning off the TV. It, you're ingest whatever you're bringing in 
uh, it's like food. You can you can bring in junk food and put junk food into your body, or you can put nutritious food in. And I've always said the classical music, great literature, those things are nutritious food that you're feeling your you're fueling your soul with. Uh, we had on our talk with great literature, we said how after you get done reading one of these classics, you're going you're going to feel satisfied that you just chewed on some satisfying food and i think you're right on with uh with with the music correlation there as well so i was i took piano lessons for just under 11 12 11 years something like that and i had a brother who studied music and so i i was blessed to have a this knowledge base uh and then also a social outlet with which to, to help me get inspired because i'm our listeners might not know this like i listen to classical music every day i love classical music i play some of it but I kind of had a head start, a little bit of a jump start on that. What would you recommend for our listeners who want to dip their toe or get started in this but have absolutely no experience with music? Yeah, you know, first of all, there, there's no reason in the world that anybody should feel um, embarrassed or ashamed because they don't know anything about classical music. You just, it's like walking into a shoe store. Eventually, you got to try on a pair of shoes to see if they fit. Mm-hmm. And classical music is the same way. You go to a concert hall. Uh, we have a beautiful civic center here yep. in Des Moines. Or you go any place you want to hear classical music. Um, you don't have to know a lot about it in order to enjoy it. And I suggest to people just let the music wash over you. Don't worry about things about what you're wearing or or when to applaud or whatnot. All that stuff. If you wear a tuxedo, you'll actually be a little bit out of place. Well, just exactly. enough, except for you. That's you a, should be wearing. A that's tuxedo. exactly right. I mean, we have people that come in jeans and come in sweatshirts. It just, it just really doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is that you, you're there and you participate. Now, I like to use the analogy with with athletics. You know, you go to a football game. And you don't have to know anything about football. You sit out in the middle of a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and you're observing one team versus another, and they go up and down the field, and they tackle each other and whatnot. But it's always better if you know that when they score a touchdown, it's six points. <laughs> or what what a kick, how many points yeah. a kick is, or what the defensive end. And, you know, those sorts of things help you not only um, enjoy the game more, mm-hmm. but also appreciate it, yeah. appreciate the talent, what – the coaches have taught these players to do. Classical music is much the same way, that the more you enjoy it, the more you, you know what inspired the composer, the little bit, if you can find out a little bit about the composer, maybe the time uh, the composer lived and what was going on historically, uh, all that's going to help you appreciate the music more. So that's a great segue for me personally. I have upcoming uh, on Saturday, the March 24th, and then Sunday, March 25th, uh, March 24th at 7.30 and then March 25th at 2.30. I will be at the Saturday night show uh, at 7.30. I actually have a bunch of friends who have never been to the symphony before. They're coming with me. So this is the timing of this show is perfect because uh, if you've never been, I can think of almost no better night of music to listen to. So you're, you would get a piano concerto. Well, I don't know very little about the first piece because it's never been played before, so I, I can't speak to that. But the piano concerto is from a, an audience standpoint, especially if you don't know a whole lot about music, you'll get a lot out of it because it's so entertaining to watch. And you're getting to watch Beethoven's first piano concerto, which is, uh, we don't need to get too deep here, but it's like, it's a, it's a kind of the beginning of the start towards the romantic period here. A little, it's got a, a classical feel to it. And then you get one of the greatest symphonies of all time with Beethoven seventh. So what I did to the people that are coming is I sent them the music ahead of time. I said, when you go to a, U2 concert, do you want U2 playing the stuff you've, you've heard before so that way you can sing along with it, or do you want to play new stuff you've never heard before? 
you prefer to hear the melodies and know the melodies. So I say try to listen to it. So I sent some clips to these guys ahead of time. Say so try to understand some of the melodies, some of what's going on, so that we're comfortable with it when you go in. Regardless of that, the show on the on uh, coming up here in late March. Talk to us about about it and why <laughs> it's such a great a great excuse for people to get their toe dipped into classical music. Well, you you've done my job already for me <laughs> because I I will guarantee you that the people that you uh, invited to this concert that maybe you've never heard of Beethoven mm-hmm. Symphony before will already be ahead of the game because they'll know what to expect and that's and you're absolutely right whenever you go to to hear a famous uh, bander um, you know you want to hear you want to hear what they um, you want to hear what they what they do uh, what they made were made famous for yeah. rather than all, all this new stuff but the the part about um, coming to a concert for the first time you know there's a lot of tradition in what we do. Uh, the, con- the lights go down, the concertmaster comes out, he or she t- tunes the orchestra. There's that sort of uh, silence before the music begins, that anticipation. I eventually walk out, turn around, accept the applause. It's the only job in the world where you, I, you somebody walks out on stage and hasn't done a thing, think, yeah. and people <laughs> applaud. You know? I accept the applause for the orchestra, turn around, and then bingo, there's some sound that happens. And this is magical. This is a magic tradition that started back some, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago. And that's, that's we, what we hope to do is we hope to um, engage and captivate our audience mm-hmm. so that they understand that this, even though this is something that has been a tradition that's been going on for hundreds of years, that they understand that what they're going to get today or then is um, a very captivating and motivating and inspiring performance modern day performance of an old piece and that's what we try to do we try to give a uh, not necessarily a new twist but we try to bring to life this great piece of art that has been around for hundreds of years so a couple other plugs and we have a clip that we can talk through too as well uh, the, on the piano concerto, the man playing the piano concerto. If you're a Radiohead fan, he's done two albums of Radiohead uh, transpositions to piano. It's in really I, that's actually how I found out about Christopher O'Reilly years ago. So we have a, a world famous pianist and radio host. Uh, and then on top of that, Beethoven Seventh, again start to finish, one of the greatest symphonies of all time. The second movement, the second movement is. One of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written. And then the third and fourth, you're going to want to feel like you're going to dance yep. in the middle of the aisles. Don't dance yeah, in the exactly. middle of the aisles. If you could wait till the end, that would be great. So Jeb has a couple clips here that you you have about the first three minutes or so. And you can kind of direct us on, on what we're going to listen to and what we're going to hear. Yeah, this is the opening of the first movement. Uh, glorious... Glorious Sounds, this is taken, uh, it's a very slow introduction and is taken directly from uh, maybe a Haydn symphony or Mozart symphony where the classical composers basically started with a slow introduction and that was followed by what we call an allegro or a fast part. Start with setting the mood. Nice, and then here it comes. to detail 
regarding rhythm. He was the only person um, since that uh, could make a seven-minute movement out of three G's and an E flat. On <laughs> ba, 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 you know, and in this case, uh, this rhythm you'll hear shortly when the Allegro starts. This da 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 da. da, da. He'll, he'll take a, a small rhythmic germ like that and repeat it mm -hmm. over and over and over and make make something important out of it. And again, back to the history piece, that ba 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 that everyone knows so people don't realize that before that, no one had ever heard that for the beginning of a, of a symphony. Yeah. yeah symphony started with these long introductions and these, the theme that, right. the, the, the classical form that he just right. basically blew up. Now this is a modern, very modern recording. Um, now just imagine putting yourself back uh, about 1820. Um, you're in an unheated concert hall. There's about 400 people there. Beethoven's on stage conducting this piece for the first time. He was a big self-promoter, and uh, this was premiered in Vienna. Uh, the candle lights were around the hall. There, were, there was no indoor plumbing, and this concert lasted four hours long. <laughs> Just imagine that. And by this point, he's, he's almost completely deaf. At the seventh, he's... Yeah, yeah, he's, you're exactly right. He's, um, as a matter of fact, we think he was probably deaf by the sixth symphony. But, um, yeah, he's completely deaf here. Yeah. And this, again, the stories of the ninth symphony of him, yeah. people throwing their hats in the air because they, he can't hear. Yeah. He, he, hear. he was a, a reclusive and really a, a nut by all standards, mm -hmm. uh, any standard. But he... Um, Eccentric is a better word for it, and he also had a sense of, um, he was, he didn't like authority, didn't like hierarchy. Um, there's a great story of he's walking with a friend of his down in Heiligestadt, which is a, a suburb of Vienna, walking down, and there's some royalty coming towards them, and his friend, of course, appropriately stepped off the path and tipped their hat, his hat and Beethoven just kept walking. I mean, he just really hated authority. However, at the same time, his name is Beet um, Ludwig van, V-A-N Beethoven, and he kept the V-A-N in his name because sometimes people would misunderstand it as being V-O-N, and V-O-N would be then a sign of royalty. So he kept that. Now here's this little rhythmic germ that I was talking about. take that that little rhythmic germ and make now for the next uh, 10, 12, 10, 12, 12 minutes something make like something pretty special oh well, thank you for, for talking through that so that piece will be heard again that is on saturday march 24th at 7 30 p.m uh, i'll be sitting uh if you're looking for me i'll be in the front right area uh and then again sunday uh, March 25th, uh, uh, that is Palm Sunday, so get your palms in the morning and then come at 2.30 uh, to the symphony, uh, Beethoven 7th. Again, this this is a, a special opportunity uh, for anyone in the area who wants to be introduced to great music. Uh, I can't encourage you enough to go to that concert. Uh, it's it, it's going to be a great night. Again, I if, as I put together my list of favorite, which I do from time to time, my favorite pieces of all time, uh, the seventh is definitely on there, and uh, it will be a, a great night. So we're gonna head to a short break, uh, and when we come back, we're gonna we'll circle up the beginning of our first conversation on listening to great music. 
This is Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus, and again, unfortunately, I am not joined today by Father Zach Kautsky. Uh, but had a conversation that's really important to me, as you could probably tell. Uh, music's something that I'm extremely passionate about. I'm also very passionate about Iowa Catholic Radio, and it is the Carathon right now, as I mentioned in that first segment. Uh, would love for you to help us reach our goal of $100,000. That number, 515-223-1150, 515-223-1150. And I have a quick reading I want to share with you. Uh, as you know, Father Zach and I are, are on the tail end of this Exodus 90, uh, and one of the readings, they have a daily reader uh, with it, and, and it gets into the liturgical requirements requirements that the Lord sets out, and I'm going to just kind of read the reflection uh, that the priest, Father Durer, has for today. All these prescriptions for the court, hangings, and priestly vestments can teach us something about God. He cares about the details, most especially in the sacred liturgy. The details matter because they express the holiness of God. He deserves the best of what we have, be it art, ornamentation, or music, because he is the best. You may have people that question why we build beautiful churches or why priests wear expensive vestments or use gold chalices. Shouldn't that money be given to help the poor? I answer that the two are not mutually exclusive. We love God both by serving the poor and giving glory to God through the beautiful details. Doing only one would be shirking our duty. Personally, for us men, there is something we can do to get the details right. We live in a society that braces the cult of casual, that is, a cult of mediocrity, and despises to any show of reverence or formality. How can we wear a $500 suit to work every day and then throw on jeans and a polo for Sunday Mass? The book of Exodus teaches us that God deserves the best. I challenge you to start taking the details seriously. Start by dressing up for Mass, if you don't already, and teach your family to do the same. And I guarantee you will never forget it. And uh, I would just recommend, again, that, that wraps up the conversation for me and the music side of it as well, that great music is there to lift our souls to God. And hopefully you got that from this conversation uh, with with Maestro Gunta, and we will have him on again uh, in April. I encourage you to go this weekend uh, to hear the symphony. It's going to be an awesome show. And again, I encourage you to support Iowa Catholic Radio, especially during this, our Carathon at 515-223-1150. Thank you again for joining us today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.